Welcome to the Purpose and Principles podcast. I'm Max Brown, and I'm so grateful today for our guest, Cheryl Huey, a senior leader of over 40 years of experience at Southwest Airlines, the former managing director of culture at Southwest Airlines, and continues to lead and guide and and coach at Southwest. And Cheryl, um, I am just so grateful that you could join me today. Well, it is a privilege. And I will say, as we're connected via Zoom, and I've gotten a little more practice doing Zoom over yes. the course of the last I actually fixed my hair and put on a little bit of makeup, <laughs> even though it may only be a voice. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, isn't it? That as we record, isn't it wonderful when we can have a video? So even though our listeners yeah. today are listening, you know, to the audio, for you and I to have a make it more conversational, it's so nice to be able to see one another as we talk. It really is. And when we've been connecting through a variety of platforms, that face-to-face, just us nodding, the, you know, acknowledging, mm-hmm. So because it, otherwise it's just empty on the other side and you don't get that reaction. Yes. So, uh, so it's, it is good to, to stay connected. And I have been pretty impressed with how we have been able to do that virtually and still get some good uh, business and interaction done. So. Well, it's, you know, I'm grateful that we could have this conversation. And of course, we're recording in a time when things are very stressful in the economy. Uh, But we've been through stressful times before. I'm not saying that this one isn't, you know, unprecedented. There's some definitely some unprecedented things about this current stress. But Southwest Airlines is so resilient in so many ways. And you've been a part of that journey for such a special part of it. I mean, for most of that journey, you've had a piece in that story. Could you just talk about that with us? And What was it like living in this culture, this place where things are, it's a special place. I mean, I've walked the halls with you. I I, I can't even articulate it. So (laughs) you articulate it. (laughs) Uh, Yes. I, who knew 40 years ago when I landed in a, 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 an airline role, not really thinking at that point of a career, honestly, Max, it was just, you know, getting a job. I was right out of high school. I really just wanted to be in an industry that was in travel. You know, you get this, oh, travel and see the world. What was so funny is that Southwest Airlines at the time, we only went within the bordering states of Texas and just the few states (laughs) surrounding. So my world travel was uh, a little bit more limited. Uh, But um, I I didn't know at that time what a special place that we had. You know, you you grow up and you're working with people that you care for and you you're having fun. Um, what's interesting about Southwest is the lessons that it has taught me. And one, our founder, Herb uh, Kelleher, who, again, we've been so blessed to have remarkable leadership, mm-hmm. remarkable leadership, those that uh, put um, the organization and their employees above themselves. And there's so many things around the type of leadership that is that we've been you know, fortunate and blessed to have. But one lesson that he did teach very early on, which has really been a great um, source for us, is that managing in those good times, <laughs> because those difficult times are going to come <laughs> in any industry. And managing means a lot of different things. And for Southwest Airlines, it was very clear that, you know, to be a low cost carrier, <laughs> that we had to keep our costs low mm-hmm. uh, and we had to approach that very thoughtfully and have done so uh, over the course of 40 years because we've got to be better positioned um, and and ensure that we are protecting 
our employees' jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so managing the good times. And then, of course, our strong um, culture of heart. You know, we uh, it's just been in the last decade that we, you know, started to refresh what that um, actual logo uh, and what we stood for, and, and we were all about heart. And so as that heart became even more prominent, uh, and it's now, you know, display, displayed so prominently throughout, but mainly on the bottom of our aircraft, which is a great reminder for our employees. That's not for our customers. That's up in the air. But as that, that plane pulls in and we're constantly, uh, you know, working to make sure that we get that turned safely, that that's just a great reminder of what we stand for. And it's the way we treat each other and it's the way we treat our customers. Describe that for folks who are listening. What is on the bottom of that fuselage? And and I just want to make sure that everyone, you know, hears that. How powerful is that? You're putting branding on the bottom of a plane, and it's not for the passengers because they don't see it. They don't see it. But it's for your teams, and it has a beautiful heart, right? There's a beautiful heart there, and then it says... It doesn't say anything. It's just a beautiful heart. Yeah. I've seen a couple of the fuselages with a beautiful heart, and it says, without this, it's just a machine. Oh, yes, yes. And that is a kind of a slogan that we used around the heart. Got you, yes. Without a heart, it's just a machine. Yeah, I love that. Yes, which is, oh, yes. And when (laughs) when, uh, our our actual um, uh, look and feel of our uh, first or earlier brand uh, before the heart brand, Mm -hmm. uh, we had a red belly, if you remember that. I do. That was very well prominent about the Southwest brand. Mm -hmm. And we referred to ourselves as the Red Belly Warriors. And- Employees took great pride when they'd see that red belly in the air because mm-hmm. it was so easily identified mm-hmm. as a Southwest plane. So as we went through a refresh, uh, there was a lot of thought and sensitivity mm-hmm. around maybe losing that red belly. So as um, as that design and thought and tone came to life and, and true theme, uh, it was the heart that really needed to be prominent to dis- displayed versus maybe the red belly. Um, and it was for the employees. Now you see that heart. That's what we stand for. Yeah. Uh, but it was more of a promise to our employees that um, that's what we stand for. It's it's the way we treat each other and how we're involved in our communities. And that that's that's absolutely that is what has been I would say unique when you even talk about the word love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and heart and love go together. Um, that's always been thought of as more softer in the business. Mm-hmm. But for Southwest Airlines. That is truly identified um, how who we are and what the culture is at Southwest. It's it's incredible. I mean, the the experiences I had, you know, on the couple occasions where you and I shared moments, and I came to the culture clubs and spoke at the culture clubs, and and just walking the hallways and going to the Halloween events and going to the chili cookoffs, and I mean, it's just incredible. And a lot of people say, you know, we do summer barbecue, and but people, you know, they don't. They don't, they don't appreciate the barbecue because all this, we're servant leaders. I mean, the leaders are all standing there serving the barbecue. And I tell them, yeah, but it's, it's the way you do it. It's whether your heart's really in it. And it, do you show up like that Monday through Friday when it's not the summer barbecue? Right. It's not just, it's not just to have something that you say you have. Yeah. And then you check it off the list. Yes, we did our holiday event or yeah. we did our... You know, it's 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 much bigger than that. It's got to be something that feels authentic mm-hmm. and very much needed. And you know, I I've been asked before what was the importance of some of those events or what was the ROI. You get that a lot. How do you 
how do you really measure the success and does it really bring a, a higher level of engagement? Now, although we have some metrics, Max, that's not what drives us so much because in, intuitively from day one, we knew the importance of focusing on those employees. And that means a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But we were very early on and still are about being together, celebration. It's no different than a family. If you think about as a family, what are the things you look most forward to? Yeah, And that helps build relationships. And building relationships is, let's celebrate that graduation. Let's, you know, um, make a big deal when somebody does well, um, you know, uh, on a test. Or, or let's uh, come together for our family reunions because we need to see each other and build those relationships. So it's very similar. Those are the things that you look forward to. And that just create a stronger bond. So what do you say to the folks who say they can, they, they try to, I'm using air quotes, you know, for us that are talking and we can see each other, but they try to manufacture a culture by saying, yeah. hey, you know, we, we love everyone here, but people don't believe it. Or, or worse, maybe they say they need the ROI. And if they don't see the ROI, then don't do that. Let's just grow. Let's be profitable at, at every other expense. Why are these relationships important? Just do your job. Right. You know, I was actually in a, um, it was a communications kind of symposium a few years back. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a head of marketing that was presenting there. Mm -hmm. And he had been tasked with the responsibility to set the goal that year for their company to focus on culture. Mm -hmm. Now that meant a lot of different things, right? So I think they came up with a campaign and they were working on the, the, the basic principles and they really put it, a lot of efforts and programs into place to focus on what they were calling culture. So he, he shared that after the year and they all came into their executive meetings to, you know, go around what's what's what they've accomplished. And the CEO asked, well, do you are we OK now checking that off the list? That we're, we're, we, we are, we've accomplished that. And of course we were all in there, I guess, somewhat giggling because especially for me, it's like, well, you would, it's not a, a thing to check off <laughs> and it's, it's a focus and it's a thread that's got to be a continuous mm-hmm. throughout. Uh, and it's, it's something that you have to believe in. That's not just a program and it's not just a campaign. Uh, now you have to be thoughtful and you have to have some strategies in place uh, that align back to what you stand for. Uh, but it's not something that is just uh, marked off or checked off. It is as important and that helps to drive your business. Wow. I love that. This is culture is not something you just check off. It is something you do every single day, all it's the, the way time. Hey, right. Yeah. And that's and what you've got to keep that in check. You've got to keep that in check, right? It's the way we behave. It's how we achieve results. It's all those little behaviors combined that create the culture. And if, and better yet, it's better when that aligns with what we put on the posters. Absolutely. Your behavior and what's clearly, it can't be uh, out of alignment Yeah. because then it's just words on the piece of paper. That's right. Or it's just a pledge that you're saying that doesn't have any meaning. Uh, But it is those actions and those behaviors. And the thing is, Max, and we we get asked a lot at Southwest to share these secrets, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you get your folks to be so nice? And, you know, what kind of training do you give them? And and when we really kind of map out some of the simplicity of it, I feel like they 
they want more specifics. The, 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 pure simp- the, the pure simpleness of it is something they can't understand. Yeah. Nor want to really make it be that important. There's a real there's a real energy around making that commitment, isn't there? You have there, to make uh, this a real commitment. What do yes. you do? What do you do? I mean, I, I walked the streets with you once at a spirit party. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> and, yeah, and with, yeah. And with Ginger and yourself and with Gary Kelly. And we were yeah. all walking the streets, and then you guys said, Max, just go wherever you want, talk to any employees you want, and then come yeah. back and give us what you learned. Right. And, and I was talking with 10,000 employees. Of course, I didn't speak with everyone, but, you know, there's 10,000 employees at this spirit party in the streets of Las Vegas, and, and we're oh, yeah. up and down this street and talking to people. And people said, Max, I remember that night, like one, a baggage carrier, a handler, he won a special award that night. And Gary yeah. gave him the award. And he had been 21 years at Southwest. And I went up to him and said, what does it feel like to work at Southwest? And he said, Max, when you work at Southwest, you don't have to watch your back because other people have it for you. And that's how he described his engagement as Southwest. Now, I'm not saying everything's perfect, right? We're always trying to improve. But how do you refocus on that? How do you refocus on this purpose that is so important when we get tempted to stray? Yes, yes. Well, I do think that uh, peer-to-peer accountability is important because we are all owners of this great company. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have something that we have invested in this. And that's something that you have to work hard to embed to, uh, to help employees understand that ownership part. Mm-hmm. It's how we treat each other. It's how we handle the business. It's how we extend customer service to our customers. It all comes back to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think number one, and I hear this a lot, but it's so important, Max, is first of all, you may know what you stand for, but you've got to ensure you're bringing in people in the organization that will also naturally stand for that as well. It's not something you can, you know, necessarily train on. You know, I can't train you to not be a jerk. Mm-hmm. If that's what your natural tendencies are mm-hmm. uh, coming in, that's going to be hard behavior to change. So it's first re- focusing on what do you stand for? You know, mm-hmm. what are those expectations? You got to be very clear. You don't want there to be a lot of guessing. But then bringing the right folks into the organization that truly believe in that and just need some constant guidance and reassurance that we're all going down the right road. We have so many programs in place, not only to encourage that behavior and then obviously to reward that behavior Mm -hmm. and then communicate, communicate, communicate when we see and know uh, that our employees get it. You know, yeah. and, it, and 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 rewarding that it, it brings it back in you know fold. Uh, employees then feel very prideful in knowing, look, that's not the way we treat our each other, or no, that's not the way we treat our customers, because if if that's the way we do it, we're not going to be able to secure what we've worked so hard to have, mm-hmm. and it's been fifty very long hard years, mm. Max and. We don't want anybody upsetting that. Or we're, Now, our business is going to continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. And that's the one challenge we've had, Max, is sometimes it gets confusing on what culture is and what the, the business is. Mm. And even though they go hand in hand, just because, for example, the, the boarding process may change for whatever mm-hmm. reason, that's not necessarily the culture is going away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, again, it's how we approach that 
it's how we run that through a process to ensure uh, that it, it meets both needs. Does that make sense? It sure does. And, and it also kind of, I mean, you're constantly rechecking yourself against that then. So the, the culture kind of holds you accountable. Is that fair? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it becomes the filter with which you try to decide your processes and your procedures, but absolutely. but to guide your growth and to guide your business. You know, one example, and it really was a great business decision that aligned so clearly to our purpose. And it was a bold uh, decision that Gary Kelly and our senior leaders, and it was offering the bags fly free when all the other industry went totally different. And we got a lot of criticism for that mm-hmm. early on, feeling like there was some monies, uh, you know, left on the table there. And, and maybe the investors felt we weren't making the right decision. But, you know, if we're going to allow affordable travel for people, you know, to be able to travel and mm-hmm. connect to what's important in their lives, we need to constantly check ourselves on that. Mm-hmm. And if we weren't if, if we were able to offer our customers not, you know, charging them for the, a bag that you're going to need to travel, <laughs> you know, and take things with you, that goes alignment with travel. Where else could we focus on that would lower the cost mm-hmm. to help enable us to stay true to who we are? Now, I'm not saying that would be always, but that's been a commitment uh, that we focus on. And that's just one example mm-hmm. uh, that we felt, no, that's not, that's going against what we're saying. And we just got to make sure we have a very low cost business structure, which is what we were founded on mm-hmm. um, uh, to ensure that we continue, continue to offer affordable travel for, for, for everyone. You know, to that point, I was, I was, I just heartfelt powerful when I, when, when people would tell me our purpose is to create freedom, to create freedom for those who can't afford to fly, right? To enable people to have freedom. Therefore, I want to unload this baggage as quickly as possible. I want it to get to the right destination as quickly as possible. I want to have an on-time departure as quickly as possible. Just all these things that that enable our customer to have this incredible value. And you know, Gary, who's an unbelievable leader and communicator, um, you know, each year there is a very clear battle plan mm-hmm. and those goals are laid out that align so clearly to that purpose on what are we going to do and how is, how are you going to play a part in that? Mm-hmm. You know, to your point, you know, is it the, uh, the efficiency of how we load and handle the luggage? Is it the way we treat our customers? Is it the way we process that transaction? Whatever that is. And also allowing our employees and encouraging our employees to come up with those thoughts and innovative ideas that just help us be continuously improving. Uh, We refer a lot of that to that warrior spirit. It's, you know, wow, if we could do it better uh, and faster doesn't necessarily, I mean, faster plus safer, you know, Mm -hmm. it it Mm -hmm. all goes hand in hand efficiency, but our employees have come up with remarkable ways, especially even during today's time on making sure that we could continue to flex that, improving muscle that we all have, Mm -hmm. uh, and not, uh, lose sight of, um, you know, our overall safety, uh, and and compliance, which is so important to the organization. You know, you're triggering, I mean, a hundred different ways I want to talk right now and I'm trying (laughs) to just be very focused, but when you talk about that continuous improvement and that the employees, the teams, if you will, are able to create that continuous improvement, how beautiful is that, that everyone is engaged in this continuous improvement effort 
to make things yes. better. I often hear about these stories and they get posted on Facebook. Oh, Southwest Airlines, you know, creating this experience for, for another, like another customer. Do you have a right. story or an experience that stands out for you, um, whether, whether from an employee perspective of continuous improvement or, you know, a passenger's experience that you, that just triggers your heart? You know, um, I have a million stories of where our employees have stepped up and done remarkable things, mm-hmm. uh, make something better. Um, in fact, um, because we have such loyal customers, they write in, they uh, post, uh, they go onto our website to uh, express their um, their admiration for situations where employees have done these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I, I, I can't remember the numbers. It's thousands of months that we process. So and be, when they submit all these great scenarios that mm-hmm. they just want to commend the employees, of course, we do our due diligence to process that, get that back to the employee and their leaders so that they know, hey, when you did that, that absolutely made a difference. Um, you know, one that just sticks out, I have so many, Max, and I would have to think back, and they're all equally, some are the most simplest things that make mm-hmm. equal impact to a life-saving event, right? But one that stuck out that was so simple, and it was just our employees trying to read the needs of our customers to make that situation better. Mm-hmm. That some, they're just phenomenal. Our in-flight crew does phenomenal. Our customer service, our they, they just come up with a phenomenal ways to make it better. And one was a uh, onboard experience that I remember clearly. And uh, an employee who was a flight attendant um, had noticed a daughter and mother traveling. Mm-hmm. And the mother had, was suffering from some dementia. Mm-hmm. And the daughter was very nervous about traveling with her on how she was going to handle the situation, boarding and getting off. And uh, she had done fairly well throughout the, the, the flight. And as they were landing, she could tell her mother was getting very nervous. And she didn't know how she was going to get her to get off. So our, the, the flight attendant uh, who was serving in that front cabin area was observing this, staying on top of, you know, the situation. And uh, all of a sudden, the, the mother was not wanting to get off. And it was going to be important because they needed to, you know, how does that stress of getting that Deplaning process started. Everybody in the back is getting their luggage, and there's that nervousness of, oh, we got to get this situation handled. Uh, Max, how he did this was amazing. It's still one that gives me just tingles. Is he went over to the the mother who was still sitting in the seat, and he knelt down, and he took her backpack and uh, flung it over her sh- his shoulder, and he said uh, he called her by name or said Mrs. Something. Um, I have been away from my wife for over a week because I've been working and she just loves to dance. Would you do me the honor of dancing with me? Now, this is so random, Max, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, Mm -hmm. this was this gift of his. She lit up, stood up, and then they danced off the plane down the jetway. Beautiful. Is that amazing? Now, the daughter wrote that into us, and he took a situation that would be very stressful, turned it very quickly in the most amazing, creative way, um, and just made a situation so much better Mm -hmm. than it could have been. It could have been more forceful or more uh, uh, stressful, and yet his gift, 
And that's just one of a million stories where our employees know we need to, to come up with a way in which we can make this a better situation, mm-hmm. relieve this customer of stress, whether it's the way the bag landed or they're upset with their ticket or the flight's delayed, whatever it is. That's how they make things better. You know, it's interesting that you say that. I, I Like you said, millions of examples of raising money for someone in, in a seat, you know, that you just find out on the plane or someone yeah. who's has a special occasion that they're going to. Or Always make Yeah, like just creating these events and experiences for people all the yeah. time. How is it that the, the flight attendants and the staff feel so free to create those yes. kind of experiences for people? Because really, Southwest Airlines has endured some amazing times in this industry where a lot of other companies have struggled even more, right? A lot of bankruptcies in this industry, yet Southwest has been very resilient. And I would submit, as you would, I believe, that culture is the reason why it has been able to w- ride these storms. Well, you know, um, it does go back to um, our birth 50 years ago. And we found magic in not only a very solid business model that Mm -hmm. was just genius, but we found magic in making it more fun Mm -hmm. and more comfortable and more easy and enjoyable for the employees in the organization that we saw spilling over to how they treated our customers. Mm -hmm. So there was an early encouragement and freedom of kind of pushing the norm because in those early years, it was not normal to have humor um, and to do some different type things. You had to follow certain rules and guidelines. Now, not to say that we don't have guidelines, Mm -hmm. but we have found that allowing your employees to be their own unique selves. That's the other thing I get asked for. We don't train you to sing on board the aircraft. We don't hire you to tell a joke. What we are asking you, though, is to identify those wonderful strengths that you have, right? Mm -hmm. And then to share those in a way that is natural and authentic. So if on board your gift, which we had provision agents that found this wonderful gift of decorating bottles, you know, uh, the the champagne bottles, and they would decorate in the most creative ways, or employees that found... um, uh, joy in random acts of kindness on board the aircraft, they would identify um, and then with each other. And what we found throughout the course of our, um, you know, 50 years is when you, in, when you recognize that and then share that, mm-hmm. it allows others to go, oh, I could have maybe done something like that. Or, oh, I didn't realize that could have also been an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like your Pinterest, you know, <laughs> once you start posting things, and sharing things, it generates ideas for everybody. And you realize that is allowable, not just allowable, it's actually encouraged to help each other out. So if a customer, I had one lady that the customer arrives, there was something wrong with her wedding dress and she took her and went and helped her buy a new wedding dress for that weekend. I mean, those are just stories that you hear over and over again. It's it's so true. Go ahead. And it's just the it's the recognition of it, and um, and it, if they step over, right, and maybe it 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 wasn't necessarily the right decision. I think it's also how you redirect. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's because if you squash their thinking and their innovation and their authenticity, where they feel afraid, then when another great moment comes open, they're not going to take it. I love that. 
So, so there are times when someone might go too far and we need to bring them back. We need to bring them back, but we don't want them to say, don't be you, but just don't, there is a, there is a line that could go too far. Yeah. And that's where leaders have to sit down and have good conversations Mm -hmm. uh, on where it might've gotten wrong and then praise them for it. I had one recently that uh, was an employee trying to do the right thing, but Mm -hmm. he was raising money in the gate area for right reasons. Uh, He was doing some songs and things and and having fun. And that actually went back to barbecuing for the overnight crew. Mm -hmm. So the intent was so good. But the solicitation, and it was all from a good heart, wasn't quite what what we were um, allowing for. So gently redirecting because the heart and the intent was spot on. Right, right. I love that. And thank you for sharing that example because I think sometimes people hear it and they go, so what's, you know, how far is too far? Or, you know, how do I hold people accountable? And you guys, you know, you have a lot of fun, but we hold people accountable. And what I find is, is that you can hold people accountable and still be good to them. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's how you want to be treated. Uh, I mean, you have to be clear, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, um, We still, we get so close to our people, Max. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's, it's proven to be successful for us to get to know our employees. We get to know, you know, what their lives look like outside of Southwest. We celebrate that together. Mm -hmm. Uh, We grieve together. It does make it more difficult when that accountability has to be in place, Mm -hmm. but it's more real, too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think an employee might receive that even more uh, better, knowing that the leader is uh, coming at it from a good heart, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because there is that relationship. But it does create, I I think it's it's a little harder uh, to sit down and have those difficult conversations. but. Uh, but it's needed. What What do you do to the, or, or encourage leaders who maybe go a little bit astray from the culture? You know, you've been in a high growth place. You've you've acquired companies and and grown and certainly you know much beyond the region of just the few states around Texas. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> and, actually go. Uh, yeah, exactly. We are now international. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're international and Hawaii and just yeah. all these different sites that have been added, and. And there might be some leaders who go astray sometimes from the culture. How do you stay true to that? Because like you said earlier, this isn't a checkbox. This is continuously holding us as leaders accountable because we set the climate. And as we set the climate, there goes the culture. You know, one of the most important roles, and they're all important, but that leader uh, is responsible Mm -hmm. for the environment that they create for the employees that report to them. Mm-hmm. So they have huge impact mm-hmm. on helping to influence and recognize and get the most out of their teams. So for Southwest, ensuring that, number one, we promote those that demonstrate those leadership skills. And then number two, ensure that we fully equip them for success. Mm. So you can't just bring them in and, you know, good luck with that. <laughs> You know, it's our focus on the training and development uh, of those leaders to help sure they are going down the right track, how they have those difficult conversations, how they hold people accountable and give them the right tools and inspiration. And then ensuring every level of leadership is demonstrating that it's Mm -hmm. it's and it's and because you are ultimately responsible for the people in which you lead. 
so I think it's it's constant uh, reinforcement, training, development, and commitment. Uh, and then it's that one-on-one conversation with those leaders that have to happen on a fairly continuous um, uh, cycle. And then also it's a relationship that you have with them. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be easy, but building a relationship and helping in it to equip them to, to, to deliver on what your company stands for. Well, and here's the key, right? We have to be profitable. But we believe, if I'm speaking from Southwest, that the profitability comes because of the way we treat our people and the way that they create value for the customer. Therefore, profitability is a sign of our commitment to that kind of a culture and that kind of relationships. Oh, absolutely. Our our focus on our employees, and that means a lot of different things, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's the treatment. Um, it's, you know, their overall uh, health and welfare. Mm-hmm. Um, know, how we compensate, uh, all those policies and procedures that are put in place to create the environment that we have for them. Uh, we've been, you know, fortunate enough for 50 years to have no furlough, that, 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 that comfort in knowing that Southwest will focus on them. So when you have that focus of, 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 of a positive work environment, that then, in, you know, spills over into, which is what we hear, uh, how they, treat those customers. And when you get those happy customers, you know, and they believe in Southwest and what we believe in, and they feel like we're going to take good care of them, they come back. And then when we've got happy customers, you've got the happy shareholders. And and all of that is a wonderful cycle and all equally important um, to create what we talk about with profitability. And you've got to have profitability to have a strong culture and strong culture drives profitability. It's both and. It really is, right? You know, I've heard Gary, Gary was asked, this was a few years ago in one of our culture committee meetings, and there was a little bit of struggle on pushing that airplane on time, but then you get that last minute customer that's walking up. You know, we have worked through that, Max, time and time again, because you never want to leave anybody behind. But then again, you're, you know, one delayed flight dominoes the other. And so, but there are times where we need to flex, right? So we were struggling with that and a couple other things culturally, business-wise. And somebody asked Gary, uh, 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 you know, what's important, the culture or the business, you know? And he basically responded so eloquently. He goes, well, what's more important, your heart or your brain? <laughs> Which was so genius because you're right. You, you can debate all you want, <laughs> But they're both equally important and they both feed each other, which is what he was basically trying to say, that we've got to balance them. They they balance each other. We need the whole system. We need the whole system. You know, it's funny that you say that. Um, I, I pushed Gary the same way once and we were walking down a hallway. And of course, there was a recent example at that time. I won't get into the whole story, but you know what, where a customer was delayed and had a good reason for why the delay was had occurred. And in this case, the pilot made the decision after, you know, customer service first got a call saying, hey, we got a customer with an urgent need. It's an emergency. They somehow got a hold of the the station manager in LAX. Station manager now calls the pilot and the pilot now has a decision, go or no go. And and he got on the PA system and says, folks, we got we got a person who really needs our help today. And this is a family emergency. Are you with me? They all cheered. So he held the plane. He held Perfect. the plane and he, and, we, and then he got off the plane, came out and called the man by name, Mark yeah. Dickinson. I'm sorry for your loss. And I'm going to get you there on time. He said, 
Oh, I, we have so many of those, Max, and where you have make some tough decisions sometimes, but you're you're doing it out of goodness um, and weighing everything. Yeah, you know, uh, to determine is that the right decision? Um, right. And our employees are faced with many tough decisions, weighing on the side of various things. Yeah. Um, but I think when it does come down to it, Max, it's we're all human. Uh, we want to be treated. Uh, in the in the right way, and and you you don't want to give up on civility. You don't want to give up on goodness, uh, and that you just you know doing the right thing. Well, and and it's it. Yeah, I love it's that. a fine line. To- it is a fine line. You're right. because and, and that's what I pushed Gary on that day as I said, hey, you had a late departure. That's a red mark on your day. That's a red right. departure. And he said, Max, I know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're doing. And he goes, and he goes, and you know what we're about. He goes, I, I know that we can't have every departure be late. I get that. Right. But, right. But, but, but we enable our teams to make the right decision for the, right, for the business every single day. Day. And that struck me. I was like, wow, Gary, what a crazy good leader. And, and he's like a celebrity and, and he has a security detail because he has to. And yet he wants to be with everyone, genuinely wants to be with everyone, which I thought was just really inspiring as well. He does. He is, he is actually an unbelievably balanced overall great leader of the heart and the brain, right? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the, the care is so evident in the way he treats our employees and our leaders and uh, and then the genius he is in leading us through some pretty tumultuous times mm-hmm. in the last 15 plus years of him serving in this CEO role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he also has a wonderful sense of humor. So it just, it's such a grateful package and we've just been so, uh, so honored and so blessed to have two unbelievable leaders uh, through some pretty amazing times. Well, it's interesting. When we were at that culture club together and I was speaking afterwards, you know, when Colleen came up, also a former CEO. Yeah, who, or president. Or president. president. Yeah, president. Yeah, pre- when she came up to me and kissed me, I was like, are you kidding me? This is just a cool culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we are definitely, and uh, a lot of folks that have joined our organizations, they, they adjust. To, we're very touchy-feely. We're, hugs uh, by far outweigh the handshakes. Hmm. And, um, and a variety of hugs. We, uh, we all laugh, you know, is it the big bear hug or is it kind of the side hug? Sure. Uh, but, um, it's just our way of showing, uh, how we care. Um, and, um, that, that'll be interesting, you know, moving forward as we are mm-hmm. working through, you know, some of the norms right now, but that's been something that's just been natural. In fact, when I've gone to other organizations, because I grew up there, my first my first movement naturally is to lean in to do the hug. And I'm like, whoa, don't, don't go there. Let's it, they may not be as comfortable with that. You know, it may be a, a handshake. It may be a fist bump. Yes. I'm, I'm still with some companies that I'm working with where I'm just trying to help them say hello to one another. Right. And, and I've had many uh, come through our, our corporate headquarters. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, what is norm there may not be elsewhere, but we are very friendly with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it is, it, we're very friendly. And uh, to even the point of in the bathrooms, you want to make sure you make sure the towel is advanced for the next person. You know? <laughs> you know, it's amazing that you just said that. I mean, okay, we did not script this. I, I hope listeners know that 11 years ago, 
someone told me that at Southwest Airlines. I said, why is this such a great culture? And they said, this person had been there for about a year. They said, we have a pay it forward culture. I said, give me an example of pay it forward. You're the second person to tell me this. We we push the paper towels forward when we leave the bathroom so that the next person has a paper towel. I know it. <laughs> I didn't even expect you to say that. You just shocked me when you said that. It, it, just, it just verifies for me the data that I got 11 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And when you're in there together, you make sure you do that. As you see, the persons, they know that you, you know, you, and it's a wave of the hand is all it is, right? To make sure it advances. So. Yeah, there's a lot of those type, uh, you know, basic courteous things that we have learned uh, from each other. Yeah. Right? You learn from each other and you pass that on to make sure it's a, still a very friendly and caring environment. So, What do you say to those folks who say, yes, but I know that there's some gaps or there's some weaknesses or that we've had issues? And, and you know, some of the listeners might say, but I had a bad experience for me. Um, Southwest is really good at saying, when we make mistakes, we own them very quickly. How would you say Southwest deals with things when we need to get back in alignment or we feel like we've made a mistake? Oh, get back in alignment or make a mistake. You know, um, I don't know if this story, I I believe the story lines with this, but I've shared this and we always get a giggle out of it. And we felt like maybe we could have done better. So we went back Mm -hmm. and it was when we were going through the, um, and this was an internal with our employees. Mm -hmm. And I think those are are certainly even more interesting sometimes, Mm -hmm. but um, we had redesigned um, our anniversary pins. Now we, in the airline industry, it's a really big deal to receive a pin at your milestone Mm -hmm. anniversaries. So your 10, your 15, it's been something in the airline industry for years. And so as we were refreshing our brand and bringing that beautiful heart more forward with that, obviously uh, had to transform a lot of things to update. So we actually ended up uh, redoing the anniversary pins and we had gotten a small focus group. In fact, we tapped into a lot of our culture committee members, kind of vet out some thoughts and ideas, you know, kind of test a little bit, kind of use them as a pilot to see. And we ended up with a version. Well, we went forward with it. We announced and they all shipped out and the response was not positive. Hmm. And the response was not positive because they felt like the look wasn't as in alignment with what they had before. They had a lot of reasoning, especially from our flight crews, because flight attendants took great pride in wearing those on their lanyards and on their aprons. And and they just felt like we had missed the mark Hmm. on the design. And of course, we'd already made an investment in this and we'd already shipped out and uh, we were receiving enough flack via the swallow life and various forms that we felt like we needed to go back maybe to the drawing board. And I actually, true story, went into Gary Kelly, Gary Kelly, <laughs> the CEO talking about the anniversary pins. And I'm sure at that time we had a lot of business things going on and that he had heard and knew that, that some of that was coming his way. And he said, I think, that this is something we could easily correct. And so we did. We ended up uh, taking a few designs that were based on employee input. So we offered it up, give us your input, send in some designs. Let's see if that can help influence different models. We did. We put up for a vote, three different options on Swallow Life so that you could vote on the next pin and uh, it one ended up bubbling to the top 
and uh, we we unveiled that, and they embraced it, and we moved on. But what I loved about that story, though, Max, is we did at least listen. That was one that we said, you know what? Maybe we did make a mistake here. Maybe we didn't get the design right. And in the big scheme of things, that could be something very easily corrected if we felt like that would make our employees happier and be more prideful about that. And I think it showed, too, that uh, we were willing to listen. And uh, Gary was very involved in that. I was just I, I still get tickled over that, but he, he knew it was important as well. So that's just one small example, but we still laugh about that. We call it Pingate because it was just so crazy. <laughs> I love that story. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for sharing that. What would you say? I know we need to you know, be thoughtful of your time today. I know you have other things to do. I could talk with you all day long, to be honest, and I would just <laughs> love it. And and, uh, but I want to be respectful of your time. What would you say to those who are struggling in a culture? They, they hear what you do at Southwest. They've known it for a long time. They've read some of the, you know, the books. Um, and and they, I think that from the sense of this conversation, they can sense that it's real. It's not just a book. What yeah. would you say to those who are trying to do this within their organization? If you were to go and start in a new organization today and you had to guide that culture as you have done at Southwest... Where would you begin and what would you do to kind of get this going in a solid way? And, you know, I think uh, starting up and then reinventing are two different things, right? It's a little harder when you're up and running and you're trying to instill something that may be different. Uh, But starting up might be easier in at least um, building that foundation. Um, I think it does go back to some really basic things, Max, and one's you've you've asked me about that is really being clear about your purpose right mm-hmm. that's number one you know what do you stand for and then what aligns with that purpose you know what are going to be those clear expectations um, that you need from employees to deliver uh, you know on that purpose and we've been very clear about ours you know we've identified those we've instilled them in everything we do from recruitment to training to incentive you know, acknowledgement, we, it's embedded in everything. So if you're clear about that purpose and then you have to demonstrate that at all levels, especially from the top. So you have to you know, lead the way in the behavior. You have, lead, you have to lead it. If you go against it, then how can you hold anybody else accountable to mm-hmm. that? Um, and then once that you're clear on purpose, you, you've got those expectations clear and you're holding that is there are, processes and programs and efforts that need to be in place and that are in constant check to make sure you're performing in that way. Uh, And that's where sometimes I think people fall short because they don't want the resources aligned to that or the money that you may have to spend to ensure that you're focusing on that. Mm -hmm. You know, that small example I shared for Southwest is there is a lot of resources involved around recognition. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a commitment that our leaders had many years ago and we still have today to ensure that when people behave and they demonstrate what we ask, then they will be rewarded and recognized for it. So you can't discount the simple identify what it is embedded in everything that you have and then put some processes in place and programs that uh, demonstrate um, that 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 it's important to you. I just, I mean, you describe our, our, our way of describing a sustainability model for excellence is just that, you know, that you have to anchor in purpose. You have to know the expectations of the behaviors that are required in order for that to be true. 
We need systems and processes to support that behavior every day. And then we pick and choose the tools and the metrics that anchor that and sustain it to achieve our results. Right. Exactly. It sounds simple, but that is a constant focus that you have to have. And it's not something like I shared earlier where the CEO said, can we check that off? It's not check up check offable. <laughs> it is a constant thread throughout uh, how to, to, to drive your business in a profitable way. So what, if, what would you say maybe as we, as we kind of wrap it, I know we have to go, but the, the senior leader who has a metric that is kind of their precious, their favorite metric, they maybe came from another company with this metric in mind. They're now putting this new metric in, but it is, it is running counter to a behavior that we actually like to see. And it's running and kind of going against the grain of what we would like to support. How do we help the leader who might be taking us off track a little bit from our behavior and our purpose because of a desire for, for their own selves that they think, well, this is my favorite tool or this is my favorite metric, but that metric's driving bad behavior. God, that's a tough question, Max. You know, that's a tough question because I know sometimes maybe that thought or idea and, and sometimes it may even take time to prove that, you know, mm-hmm. negatively that it's not moving us in the right direction. I don't know. I think, too, it goes back to does this align with what we stand for? Uh, I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to think of an example for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of an example. That's a tough one mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. of where somebody may be going off and it's working against you. And I'm sure we have those. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we... We've, we've learned the hard way in many ways. Um, I, I, can't, I can't think of an example right now, Max. That's I'm okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. I just I think it's interesting that we do need to be able to still have those conversations with senior leaders. And oh, sometimes yeah. when we say, hey, is that really helping us to achieve this purpose? Is it aligning to our behavior? You know, is it really yeah. honoring our employees? Because if we're not modeling it, like you said, if we're not modeling the behavior, how do we expect other people to have the right behavior? Right. You're right. And it is hard. I, when ideas or some new thought or direction comes up that can prove to be more efficient or profitable, you still have to measure that against what, what does that cost you in the other areas? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, let's say, a benefit that you want to change for your employees because it might be less uh, costly for the company. But then what's the, 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 the results? Uh, uh, how does that impact the employees? There's so many of those decisions made yeah. every day. And especially now, um, and you've got to be careful where you don't start carving out things that are, uh, uh Oh, I almost lost you, Uh, that you don't start carving out things that ultimately will benefit you in the long run. And that those are hard things for senior leaders to work their way through. And I, again, I, I go back to when I've been in those executive boardrooms, watching a Gary Kelly, very intently listening to what's being proposed, Mm -hmm. very intently listening to what uh, benefits, but he asks such great questions, you know, keeps probing. Let's go back to the table and, and make sure we've, you know, dotted all the T's and, and, and uh, or whatever, cross all the T's and dotted all the I's so that we make very informed decisions before we just roll that out. Yes. And sometimes it's had to be very clear about, I just don't feel comfortable with that. So there is that constant tension between what we need in the short term and how we do this for the long term. And that conversation continues. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One short one. And I know we'll wind up, but I love this yeah. one because it was it was another Gary Kelly and I loved it. Uh, we were re- refreshing some of our 
uh, words in some of our expectations. And one word or phrase had been the golden rule. I'm mm-hmm. plugging in here. The golden rule for so many years, and we still have that today. And it's how we, and that was embedded from day one with Southwest. And so we were adding different words and kind of coming up with uh, some of those attributes, not changing them, but just refreshing. And uh, there, the topic was, do we need still that golden rule statement? Is that already assumed in some of the other words we're using, you know, kindness and, and other ways in which we were uh, describing that? And also, does that translate well, you know, with everyone? And so as it went around the executive boardroom and all senior leaders were adding their thoughts about it, mm-hmm. and it was kind of starting to weigh of maybe we don't need it, blah, blah, blah. But he was listening. He was giving really good thought. And as it made his way around, he applauded everybody's a time to even think about this, to give more thought. But he felt that it was important and that it would remain. <laughs> and he made a very clear statement. But I could tell he was thinking very thoughtfully on, is it time to sunset that or is that still very relevant? And we felt all that was still very relevant. So when your CEO goes, I think that's the right decision, we all said, we agree. (laughs) (laughs) We agree. We agree. Cheryl, it is so, so nice to connect with you today. Thank you so much for this conversation. Oh, you're so welcome, Max. I I enjoyed connecting with you again as well. Uh, We made uh, for a great morning. Oh, well, I feel the same way. Is there any last piece of advice you would share to folks, people who want to be good leaders or great leaders that just 40 years of experience, what do you say to people out there that are that are wanting to learn from what you've done over such a great period of time in such a beautiful way? Uh, gosh, there could be a whole hour on just something like that. But I think yeah. something that I've actually gotten clear on over the course of 40 years is really understanding what your um, what your own strengths are, what you're naturally gifted as, mm-hmm. and really leverage those and be authentic. And it takes a while to understand what those are. You know, there's a whole Gallup Strengths effort out mm-hmm. and Southwest has started to embrace some of that. And I love some of the words that are being used and some of the descriptions of that. And you start realizing I can be my own unique self and, um, And I don't necessarily have to beat myself up when I'm not as good at that or that. Mm -hmm. But if I can, you know, work on the things, obviously, that I need to be good at in a leadership role, but really focus on the things that I'm truly gifted and more natural, it's just the way I naturally behave and feel, that's when I'm going to excel and people will be more appreciative of it. I love it. Cheryl Huey, Southwest Airlines. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it as well. Thank you.